I can't tell you how grateful I am they decided not to try and completely redo that theme music, because you're not going to improve on John Williams. You're just not. Unless you're Hans Zimmer. And uh, Hans Zimmer most certainly did not score Jurassic World. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Radlichen Broadcasting Movie Review Club. That's what we're going with, because it's an accurate... I think it's probably the most accurate we're going to get description of this. I'm Robert Winfrey hosting this thing, and I've got Mark Radlich coming on in a minute. Before I bring him on, I have one thing to say about Jurassic World. $524 million! That's how much this thing made worldwide over its opening weekend. I hope you're all ready for Jurassic Galaxy. In a couple of years, <laughs> followed by Guardians of the Jurassic Galaxy, wherein raptor human hybrids will perform dance sequences led by Chris Pratt to come and get your love. All right. With that little bit of goofiness out of the way, Mark Radlich, how the heck are you? I'm picturing the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers standing on a broken street. And Mark Ruffalo turns to the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy and says, you know what my secret is? I'm always angry. And he turns around and he punches the T-Rex right in the nose. Yeah? Yeah, all right. That works. <laughs> it would be awesome. Well, uh, awesome. In a, I've got a YouTube channel and way too much time on my hands kind of awesome. <laughs> Uh, I'm, as we all know, I'm a big fan of the of the podcast Movie Fights, brought to you by the good folks over at Screen Junkies. And they one of their fights this week was they pitched a sequel to Jurassic World. Um, and uh, and part of the reason why they were doing that is with the amount of money this thing made over the weekend, uh, you can pretty much you can pretty much call Jurassic World a soft reboot of the franchise. Uh, they're already planning more and more uh, sequels three to this thing. Days. Okay. Say, three With days, and this movie is profitable. It's crazy to me because when you think about it, you know they've they've done the thing that I think we all wanted. When when Sean and I talked about this on Long Road to Ruin, uh, I actually said I want them to have a working. Now I didn't want it to be on an island. I wanted it to be like in the middle of Orlando or, or uh, Anaheim, where uh, where the two Disney parks are. Uh, you know, I wanted it to be right here in North America and have the dinosaurs escape and go running into the city. Um, so you wanted but, the you know, final ten minutes of The Lost World. Or Godzilla. Um, yes. But, uh, uh, but you know, they, they, they had a functioning park, and that was what we all wanted. We wanted to see a Jurassic, War, a Jurassic Park movie where the park is functional and you have dinosaurs going after tourists and all of that. And they've done that now. So... You know the I, the question then becomes what more do you need to do with these dinosaurs to continue to make movies like this? Because obviously there is an interest in watching dinosaurs murder people. Okay. The correct answer and, is Planet of the Dinosaurs. The genetically uh, modified uh, dinosaurs have escaped. They take over the world, and humanity goes underground. I'm wondering if there if there is a way. See, I, here's my pitch. You want to hear what my pitch for a sequel to Jurassic World is? Because I, sure. I think I, I, I think they need to start blending some of these brands together uh, to make money. I want to see them uh, take a thread from this movie that we're going to talk about, because you and I were arguing about it before the show started. The idea of using dinosaurs 
as military weapons. I want to see them expand on that thread and continue to do genetic modification, and they accidentally invent the xenomorph uh, that they found on LV, whatever it was. I want, I want the, the, the actual origin of the alien species to be modify, uh, genetically modified dinosaurs bred for war that turned on their masters and destroyed the human race. I can't tell you how stupid that is. I I really I don't have the words. The the quasi epic rant from Billy Madison even fails. <laughs> I don't, let's talk about the movie and then we'll come back to how awesome my idea is. Your idea is awful. All right. Uh, <laughs> as far as the plot of this it's movie only, goes, no, hang on. It's it's only ahead. awful in the raping my childhood sense, and you know it. If no, it's awful a- in the, I imagine how, exactly how this would look on screen, and I'm wanting to gouge my eyes out. All right, let's talk about the movie, and we'll come back to how great it is. Now, look, Michael Bay has already done enough unspeakable things to my childhood. I'm basically over that. <laughs> Fair point to you, sir. Uh, like you said a minute ago, they have a fully functioning park on the original island, uh, Isla Nublar. Uh, this is like 20 years after the events of Jurassic Park, I think. Hang on, I will double-check the exact date here. 22 years after the events of Jurassic Park, so we're keeping this basically with real chronology. And fully functioning park, it's run by Bryce Dallas Howard, who is your stereotypical career woman from the Hollywood perspective. Uh, you've got Chris Pratt training raptors, even though he was in the Navy from the age of, I assume, 18, and probably never advanced above the rank of, you know, petty officer. But now he's a dinosaur expert. Never mind the people go through, you know, years and years of, you know, high-level education to become experts on dinosaurs. But I digress. And they're yeah, running as very... Yeah, They're running a very successful theme park. Uh, unfortunately, to keep up with demand like you have to do with theme parks, you have to release new attractions. The good people running Jurassic World have taken to genetically modifying dinosaurs instead of simply bringing forgotten, bringing new species to life. They are now creating their own. They create a variation on the T-Rex, which is crossed with, uh, I mean, Velociraptors cuttlefish, tree frogs, and I have to assume half a dozen other things. And it is a horribly intelligent monster that tricks everyone into letting it escape. It proceeds to wreak havoc, it communicates, it orders other dinosaurs around, I, and I'm very sad none of them built a raft that they could paddle off on, but then maybe it would have said too much. Uh, Go home and watch it, everyone. It causes all kinds of havoc. Uh, eventually, it is stopped by the original tra- an original Tyrannosaurus and one of the raptors and the new Mosasaur that they only had one animation for, apparently, because it always does the same thing. It jumps right at the screen and bites something. That's well, all they I mean, had the budget for. What, what did you What did you want? To, did you want to do a flip? I'm just saying... It didn't need to be obviously the same model doing the same thing with a different background. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. Thank you for being a little too hard on the Mosasaurus. It's a it's it's a fish dinosaur for fuck's sake, and I'm it was jumping fine. out of the water to bite. 
I'm not mocking the dinosaur. I'm mocking the director. Okay. I'm just curious. If you're the director and the three times you see this thing is one time it bites the shark, one time it bites the woman uh, who's being carried by a pterodactyl, and in the final scene it jumps on land and bites the Indominus Rex and drags it to, and drags it to its watery doom. How would you have directed those scenes so that they were different? if you're really bothered by the fact that it was jumping out of the water to bite things. Well, it could, it could, you can use a different camera angle. It's always coming right at the screen. Now, I know it's for the 3D effect and whatnot, but can we get a different angle on it, please? An overhead shot, maybe a little bit off to the side. Maybe it could look a little bit different. I'm not entirely sure they altered the lighting on the darn thing from daylight to nighttime. <laughs> okay. You, uh... You have anyway. an attention to criticizing detail that I don't think I could I could ever uh, ever muster. It's a byproduct of my issues. I details that I find I fixate on and they continue to bother me. And it's a personal failing. I'm well aware of it. <laughs> but besides, you can't really the, the third time it does it when it jumps up and bites the indominate. It, it, that is a different angle in the sense that it's jumping it's jumping and then veering to the right somewhat. In order to it get on land enough to straight at the screen. No, the other one, the, the shark was straight up. The girl was straight up. This one, it it jumped on the land. Okay, briefly, the first and, two are straight back. out of the water into an overhead shot, looking down at the water. This one is about eye level on the ground, and it comes out of the water and then straight at you. Yes, it jumped at the target. I, I'm no, it's, again, it's a technical thing that bothered me. I don't, I honestly don't know how they could have done it differently in, you know, doing what it was supposed to be doing, but okay, let's move on. Uh, again, it's a technical thing that bothered me, and it doesn't play into the movie at all. But uh, that thing is destroyed, they come, uh, our heroes, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and her two nephews, who managed to be, despite child actors, not the worst thing about the picture. Uh, they all survive, along with, you know, hundreds of tourists, despite the fact that several of them died, and there's no emotional weight to that, but I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Jurassic World is undoubtedly going to be shut down. That particular branch of engine, uh, I believe Vincent D'Onofrio's character says, is going to be Chapter 11, which, for those of you not familiar, is a form of bankruptcy. Uh, and But again, our heroes survive, park will be shut down, and life will move on. Now... I have a, uh, I I have a, uh, you know, about this movie. Look, movies require people to act stupidly. It's inherent <laughs> to any movie. People do stupid things; otherwise, there wouldn't be a movie. Life would simply go on. There are three things I believe that movies have taught us that, for some reason, no one within the movies bothers to learn. Never conduct a séance in a house where seven people were murdered even if you don't believe in the afterlife and ghosts. Don't steal from Kaiser Soze, even if you're 99% sure he's an urban legend. And it doesn't matter how safe they tell you the dinosaur park is. Don't go to it. Wait, oh, can I do one? Can I do one? Yes. Don't tug on, don't tug on Superman's cape. Huh? And, yes, let's not start quoting Jim Croce songs or we'll be here all day. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. 
if anyone ever convinces you to go to a park full of monsters and tells you that the monsters are perfectly within the control of the human beings, um, take out your take out your genitalia, slap them in the face with it, and then walk away with your pants down around your ankles. And let's be fair, they're not monsters, they're animals, but they're not animals that we are in a position to control. It's it's just not something you should do. And yet, here we are, with new and exciting ways to be close to the giant dinosaurs that could crush you by by looking at you funny. Uh... Again, my issues with, you know, the stupidity inherent in movies, because, again, you have to have people who act stupidly or there's no movie. It's just the way it is. Mark, uh, look, I'm going to be honest. The original Jurassic Park is one of my favorite movies. It's one of my first memories of going to see a movie. I think I was eight when I went to the... I was living in Gresham, Oregon at the time. Uh, the only theater within reasonable driving distance was a single screen. This was before the advent of Everybody Has a Megaplex. Uh, single screen theater. And I went to see this movie with my you know, my mom, my dad, I think my other brother Charles, my other two hadn't been born yet. And it remains one of my favorite movies. It's a, a strong memory I have, so I'm always going to be maybe a little bit hypercritical of things that kind of tread on that because I have such rose-colored glasses attached to it. So before we get into this movie, the original Jurassic Park and how this one fares kind of compared to it, what are your thoughts? Um, I heard someone, uh, Andy Signore from Movie Fights called Jurassic Park a perfect movie. I, I don't quite remember what I said about it during their long road to ruin, which is in the archives here on the Radlitz and Broadcasting Network. Um, Sean and I talked about the trilogy uh, last year, and that's when I coined the phrase more dinosaurs. Uh, what do we sequel. have in this particular sequel? <laughs> um, but I do remember saying that, it, that from a craft point of view that there was really nothing wrong with it. Certainly, it's 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 one of my favorite movies. It's it's an enjoyable movie. It's a CGI tour de force, you know, in that you know the dinosaurs look real. The people the people react normally. You know, your line about um, movies depend on people to behave badly or stupidly, or you wouldn't have a movie. You wouldn't have a plot. You'd have you you would have a documentary. You'd have people doing what they do with no tension. Um, so, you know, it's fun. I enjoyed this one more uh, because the difference between the original Jurassic Park and this one is I feel like putting crowds of people in harm's way, uh, to me, gave the movie more stakes and more tension than just a handful of... You and I are going to disagree pretty heavily there. (laughs) than just a handful of people who went to go and inspect the park uh, when the, when it went haywire. Um, you know, I mean, the, the the movie is carried by the one star and the two kids that he is trying to protect, uh, and then there's nothing else. It's just, you know, people running through the... The whole Jurassic Park trilogy is people running through the jungle away from dinosaurs and with, with just different setups. This, at least... You had different elements of the crowd. I mean, really, there's only one big scene where the crowd gets attacked, and that's with the pterodactyls. But at least there was 
the there was the potential of uh, various dinosaurs running amok and, and, and starting to kill people, or the Indominus Rex getting to, you know, getting to the crowds of people, um, and, and the you know, and those who were trying to stop it not getting there in time. And I enjoyed that. I liked the idea of massive amounts of people in harm's way when a, you know, in, in a theme park that runs amok. So from that standpoint, I enjoyed the movie more. I think the second one is, is sillier, it's schlockier, but I think the concept of a movie where you're bringing dinosaurs to life is silly and schlocky. So I, I, I was into it. You know, I mean, and I and I get that that's probably not the majority opinion, but again, five hundred and twenty million dollars, you know, you know, maybe I'm not wrong. Well, speaking personally, again, you and I are going to disagree about that in a few ways. My big issue, and look, I'm all for casualties on screen. All right, my big gripe with one of my big gripes with Age of Ultron is they save everyone in the town dog from falling with the big chunk of Sokovia that Ultron tries to drop onto the Earth. If you're going to have civilian casualties, which, again, all four, they still have to mean something. And that's my big gripe with a lot of this movie is there's no weight. There's no heft. There's no depth. It's just... It's all surface. It's, oh, look at this. Oh, look, people died. No, you don't care because you didn't meet any of them. But, it, but boy, look, no, the dinosaur's doing other things now. And that... It bothers me in that, you know, how many people died in this movie? I mean, you had that whole team at the beginning. Uh, so that's what. Pushing 10, you had a bunch of people that died during the raptor hunt. I mean, look, you're well into double digits, probably closer to 100 than not, as far as casualties, if we're counting injuries, as well as actual deaths. Well, as and, far as, like, deaths on screen, you peak with the pterodactyl scene. That's just all-out mayhem. But that's my favorite scene of the movie. I well, love the idea. I, I love the idea of you know you're at you're at you're at this park with the with your family and you know and suddenly death from above comes swooping in and it's they're carrying people away. The one character you did know gets killed not just by a pterodactyl but by the mosasaurus. You know I thought it was great. I, and I and I really I I reacted to her death like I, that was pretty gruesome. Um, here's what I'll tell you. Really? I don't know. Again, it bothers me because you don't care. You as an audience member care nothing for these people and their deaths. Don't tell me who I care about and who I don't care about. Did you actually care? (laughs) I, I did not want her to die. Really? Yes. I felt like she was doing the best job she could taking care of those boys. And I felt like she was uh, t- being, you know, being taken for granted. And then the poor woman who's just doing her job ends up being killed by a dinosaur. Yeah, that's also an awful way to go. By the way, first of all, yes. if, so, if that's, some, that's, if some, that's a bad way to go. If some winged creature suddenly swoops down and picks you up, that's one thing. Then, then to be eaten by a fish dinosaur <laughs> is markedly worse. But here, here's what I think the problem that you're struggling with, and some of the people, and some of the people, you know, all five of them who didn't like this movie, are having a problem with is, is that it's not, it's it's less a Jurassic Park movie as such, and it's more of a half slasher movie, half disaster movie. 
Which, again, I'm okay with that by and large. It just... uh, Again, let me go back to this one for a second, since we're talking a little bit about the original. There is nothing in in this movie that holds a candle to the tension or the memorability of either the T-Rex attack on the Jeeps or the raptors and the kids in the kitchen from the original Jurassic Park. Nothing comes close. Okay. There's no, there's no tension in this movie. I there's, think the uh, beginning... No, no, no. I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Because when, when the Indominus Rex tricks the, the human beings into letting it out of its pen... And you know, and Chris Pratt is has has now watched two people get eaten by this thing, and and the Indominus Rex is now sniffing around the car, and he has to douse himself in in uh, gasoline. I, I thought there was tension. I mean, granted, I knew he wasn't going to die because he's Chris Pratt. Then and how can there be tension if you're not worried about the characters? Because I was. I, you were my, not look, worried. My, Chris Pratt was not no, going no, no, to no, die. No, 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 no. Listen to what I'm saying. My smart brain, my brain that knows how movies work wasn't worried, but I turned that part of it off, and I was just in the moment, and in the moment, it's frightening. In the moment, I'm with that character, Owen, who was not, a, who was not with the Navajo, but with the Navy, as I said before, which is the line of the movie. Yes, um, yes it was. Left. <laughs> I laughed pretty hard at that. Um, but uh, he's, you know, he's sitting there. And he, you know, and he, and he knows that if this thing, if this doesn't work, he's dead. He's he he, he is he he is Indominus Rex lunch meat, uh, lunch meat. So I was with him. I felt for that character. There was a couple of others. Oh, the other one where the kids are on the cliff, and the ones like I'm not going to jump. I can't do it. And the Indominus Rex is within like seconds of killing the both of them. And I thought, oh. You know, they, they could very well die with that kind of a jump in, you know, into the water. Obviously, the, you know, again, smart brain knows they're not going to. Somehow they're going to miraculously jump from a cliff into the water and not break both their legs. But, okay. It wasn't I'm, that I'm far with... of a drop. Um, well, they, they, one of them was It wasn't a large cliff. They actually had to stay underwater after jumping so that the creature wouldn't come down after them if it saw them still alive. It was maybe 20 feet. Maybe. Okay, so so I so either way, but still the the way they shot that the dinosaur came within seconds of uh, of biting the two of them, and I felt for those two kids. Um, when it's attacking the uh, when it was attacking the the hamster ball, I felt there was tension there. You know, it, really? you know the, the, they're stuck in, they're stuck in the ball. They're told this thing can support, support the attack of a, of a dinosaur, and the claw goes through it. He's like, "Oh shit!" The next time that you know, the next time they're dead. So all of those times, I thought there was tension. I mean, you, you know, you you have to, you you have to do like you do in a James Bond movie, sort of you know, distance yourself from reality for a moment. But I think you have to do that with a lot of these movies. You have to do that. You have to do that with you know, certainly with the Avengers, where you have people using infinite amount of of energy for all of these powers, you know, or talking into. Uh, you know, imaginary, invisible walkie-talkies and things like that. You know, I, I just that there, there, there comes a point where you either believe in, in in the magic of the universe or you don't. And then, yeah, of course you're going to start having all these problems with the movie because it's not reality. It can't be. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe it's I don't know. Maybe that's me. Maybe it's just me looking at these things too critically. 
I'd like to think part of it, though, is might be a failing of the film itself, because it doesn't do anything to draw you in. Uh, how I, is that possible? They spent the I first don't... hour of the movie... Wait, hang on. They spent the first hour of the movie getting you to know these characters, giving you some history, letting you warm up and get to know these people so that you'll care about them as they go running through the, you know, running through the theme park. Um, you know, the first hour of the movie moves kind of slow, which I was appreciative of because in, in too many cases, they don't do that with movies. It's 10 minutes of getting to know these people, which you can't get to get to know people in 10 minutes. And then, you know, b- before the murdering starts. This one, it took an hour before, you know, while you got to know all these people in their story arcs before, uh, before the bit with the Indominus Rex started. And I really liked it that. seemed like a so, wait. I appreciate the effort, but... I mean, did you really? Did any of the characters really benefit from it? Did we get any actual depth, or was it just? Yes, I got. No, the it seemed story. more like. Book- let me tell you, this seemed more like. God, no, that's not a correct analogy. This was just like, okay, here are the four characters you have to pay attention to. Everyone else is cannon fodder. Okay. And that I don't know. It seemed. I appreciate the effort. Again, like you said, this, this take this the movie takes its movie. time. What way? Wait a minute. So these are your stars, and then these are your, these are your cannon fodder, and this is different. How? That okay. Let me rephrase it. That bugs me about most movies: the obvious disparity between characters. Swear to God, I feel like you're going out of your way not to like this movie. There are <laughs> plenty of things I like about it. I enjoy myself at this movie. Here's all the things that make up a movie, and like, <laughs> like you're like you're purposely going out of your way to like, oh, I don't like the fact that it was in color. Like, what? I most certainly enjoyed the fact that it was in color. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. S- settled. Plugs. Um... <laughs> no, I I suppose my big gripe and about the characters is they're all flat. Okay, I mean, and, I, and it's an action movie, so I, I don't expect Shakespeare. All right, I mean, let, let's be fair here. There's there are degrees, but you can have depth of character in an action movie, and it seems like they kind of went out of their way with this movie, not to give anyone depth, but rather just surface introductions. Here's Chris Pratt. He was in the Navy, and oh look, it's the guy. You remember him? He was Star Lord. Yeah, he's cool. He trains Raptors. And here's Bryce Dallas Howard as attractive career woman who's too busy for her family, and boy, she'll sure learn a lesson by the end of this. Uh, here's her kids. They can't possibly die because it's a family movie after all. And we've got fl- the character. Hang on, hang on. Sorry, sorry. I- that, that 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 was a. I glossed over the character of the kids. Fine. Here we have quasi-autistic genius and disinterested womanizing teenager. And then you have Sly Billy, Magnus and D'Onofrio, Billy, which here. is... Hang on. Here is my daughter. <laughs> now, Lily, you didn't get to see Jurassic Park, but wouldn't you like to see a movie where a bunch of dinosaurs fight one another? Yes. Bugs! Have you not shown your child Godzilla then? No, she's a little young for Godzilla. Get your finger out of your nose. Uh, you're on, you're not, on air. It's an audio it's medium, not a visual medium. No one cares. 
<laughs> Look, if this was a okay. visual one, you'd have to be wearing pants, and so would I. And that just doesn't fly. Okay, I'm glad you cleaned up your room. Thank you very much, Lily. Thank And thank you for proving my point, by the way. What are you apologizing for? Well, I chose to do this in the living room. It was my own fault. Hey, that's better than the last 20 minutes of discussion, so we're all we're a step ahead. <laughs> yes, and and the four-year-old girl wants to see dinosaurs fight. So let's talk about that, huh? Let's yes, talk about kids dinosaurs. want to see dinosaurs fight. They also don't want to see anyone die on camera. They can't possibly stomach blood or handle you know any complex thought. And had Lily been a little bit older and she had gone to see Jurassic Park, she would have found the characterizations of the four stars just fine. I know, and it, it bothers me in the sense that, and this may deal with a larger issue I have in in many ways, but let, let me get this out of the way because I'm kind of being hard on this movie, and I don't mean to entirely. There are some things I'm very critical of, but... There are some, again, I enjoyed this movie. This is, I think, hands down the best sequel to Jurassic Park. I think this is better than The Lost well, World. I think it's... That, that, that's like, that's like uh, you know, what would you rather be? Would you rather have pie, or would you rather I like, hit you in the kneecap with a, with a damn bat? Well, it's what I can say. I can say that positively about it. It's, I mentioned this to you off air, and I think it, I mentioned it walking out of the theater... And I think it's probably the best analogy I have for this movie. It feels like a cover band. This is you know, a cover band of ACDC that comes to your local town, and you're never going to see ACDC, but you can see the cover band. And that's okay, not well, a hang on. They pour constantly. It's not a band. Uh, you know what I mean. Well, use a band that doesn't pour anymore. Nirvana. No one wants to see Nirvana anyway. I'm I want Kurt Cobain, I love you. I wish you hadn't been murdered. He committed suicide, let's be clear. Murdered. You're not Every, that big a conspiracy theorist. If you were Gavin, I'd have to listen to that, but you're not. He, he, I don't think he can hear you. My, uh, my Pink wife is... Floyd. All right, there's another one. Pink Floyd, Roger Waters still tours. As no, a member of Pink Floyd tours. The band itself does not. Like, of course, Pink uh, Floyd okay. sucks, but that's a whole other issue. The Beatles. Oh, God. Don't bring them up. I hate the Beatles. <laughs> I viscerally hate the Beatles. But the point of it is you're talking about a band, like, you know, a cover band. Okay, yeah, okay, yes, yes, fine. Beatles cover band. That's what we have There we here. go. Now, that's, and bear in mind, when I say that, let, let me get back to my point. I don't mean that as an insult, all right? I don't mean that as a as a how dare you. You know, there are plenty of darn good cover bands. They're successful because we all like the original band. We like their songs. So, you know, why not more of it? This movie felt like a cover band of a Steven Spielberg movie. And that's fine in that, you know, you get some nostalgia notes in there. You, which, again, I'm okay with that. You know, I actually smiled when the T-Rex finally came out because it was kind of like, you know, hello, old friend. Because I was... Did you say, uh, did you say hello, <laughs> darkness, my old friend? I've no. come to, uh, hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to meet with you song. again. All right. And they don't tour don't... again either, by the way. 
You could have gone with Simon and Garfunkel because they don't tour. Uh, I know. I, I could have gone with a lot of crappy bands from the 70s to make my point. but There's I, nothing wrong with Simon and Garfunkel. Move on. <laughs> yeah, I know. If we talk music, we'll just start yelling at each other because we have vastly different <laughs> tastes. But again, this was a and this is a director who has almost no experience, mind you. He has one other full-length movie that he has done that received no release. I think it might have it was either completely independent or direct to video. And here he is doing a passable Steven Spielberg impression. And I'm not going to com- <laughs> what? No, I I don't disagree with that. I feel I think your analogy holds. I think it's solid. I think they were like, okay, let's go ahead and reboot this. Let, let's let's pull this brand off the shelf. Let's rehabilitate it. Wipe the dust off. Too many goldfish. Wipe the dust off. There's too many goldfish. Um, you know, you just you're just swallowing too many goldfish, and then you got to put the pacifier in your mouth. Wait, I'm distracted by my family. Um, no, um, I I I know. I think you're right. I think that. Uh, you know, it was like let, it was kind of my criticism with a lot of movies, which is you know you go to do a sequel and it's just more of the, the stuff that it's the Vince McMahon line that I always use. It's you're just throwing stuff at the screen that you think works without knowing why it works, and you're not including the things that really made it. You know, the subtle things that made something work that people don't necessarily pay attention to. You know, it's like the support beams of a house. You know, sure, everyone looks at the facade, everyone looks at all the pretty stuff uh, on the outside and says, what a great house this is. But, you know, it's the stuff they don't see that holds the bloody thing up and makes it all work. And so, you know, when it comes to this movie, what you're getting is a lot of facade and you're not getting a lot of the support beam structure that you got with the original Jurassic Park. Now, here's Which is really the, here's sad the in this case, because I think there were a couple of things they could have touched on and really... I mean, look, the original Jurassic Park explores a couple of things, uh, a couple of themes. You know, how much can man meddle with nature, the nation, the notion of chaos theory. You know, there are themes touched on that run throughout that movie that, you know, again, unseen it for a lot of it, but it's the glue that holds everything together. It's the stuff that gives the action meaning. In but this I think instance, they I think they explored themes with this movie too. Like, you know, with the idea, B.D. Wong's line about. You know, when they, when, you know, when the one Indian guy is saying to him, what did you do? I didn't tell you to do this. And B.D. Wong says, no, this is exactly what you told us to do. Oh, no, and that, that was line of, <laughs> That line <laughs> you know, of Spice Dallas about, you know, what, you know, our data shows that, you know, the, there was a great, there was something about this that I thought really made it more real than anything else I've seen in a movie of this type. It was an, it was an intention to detail um, that, you know, that caused the action to go in the direction that it did that I was actually shocked by, that, that, that they took time to explain that. And that was that the, that the overhead on the park is so high that if they don't have these attraction booms, they're going to go under. Just maintenance of the park is too much that they, ha- you know, they have to cause uh, a, a high volume of people to show up at the park uh, in spurts. My yeah, wife is no, I appreciated that a lot. I mean, you live next to Disney, you know, so you're kind of by extension aware that you have to do stuff every year, you know, every 12 to 18 months. You need something new. Um, try, every a, <laughs> try every few. I mean, if you think about just the Magic Kingdom, okay, the Magic Kingdom 
has um, not so scary Halloween, which is which, which literally Robert, if you are in the park at three o'clock in the afternoon, you have to leave at like six, and then they reopen the park, and if you want to go to and you have to buy a second ticket for the same day to go into Not So Scary Halloween. If you go to Mickey's uh, Christmas, Mickey's Christmas, same thing. Um, then they have, starting at the beginning of the year, they have a big marathon that starts off the year, which is a huge attract, which is a huge attraction magnet. Um, shifting over to like Hollywood Studios, they have Star Wars Weekends, which is a huge attraction thing. Um, the Flower and Garden Festival at Epcot, the Food and Wine Festival. Welcome, everyone, to your tourism podcast. But, the point being. That, you know, they have concerts there all year. They do this stuff because if they just depended on the, the attractions that they've already got, after a while, no one would show. Yeah, no, you're so, absolutely right. And I, I appreciated that. Again, there were, and this is what bothered me, I suppose, about the movie, was they touch very briefly on some of these ideas and then ignore them for the rest of the movie. You know, well, what long you time... Do two hours with two hours uh, of theme park, uh, you know, spreadsheets? On, on Look, how to here's... Call, you know, I mean, you have two hours in this hang movie. On, hang on. They had to eventually get to people getting chased by dinosaurs. That's the movie, Robert. I... At some point, they won't get there. I'm aware of that, but even within that, the problem here is once they start down that road, there's no break. And that's why I think none of it really means anything, because it's just moving from one action set piece to the next. But, I mean, what do you think people are going – Robert, if, I saw, if I'm telling you I have two movies here, one's about the economics of theme parks, the other one's about people being chased by monsters, which one is everyone going to? Well – Okay, how in the in the original Jurassic Park, after things go to hell, we still have a scene. We still have a scene where the characters can sit down and talk, where there are ideas discussed. And in this, it's but they just... weren't one. They were the, the whole thing with Vincent. That whole that whole setup with with Vincent D'Onofrio and the uh, and the train raptors was your what was your thought piece about. What what do you do with these things now that you've created them other than ooh and ah? What else can, can what else can the dinosaurs be other than an attraction? And Vincent D'Onofrio makes the you know that whole subplot is him making the argument that these are things that we can use to better to to better humanity. Why send soldiers into combat when we can send raptors? Well, because raptors can't be controlled. I'm not asking for a counter argument. I'm saying. That you're asking, you know, like, when does the movie take a breath so that you can consider some things? And I'm telling you where it happened. They've it, it, already addressed, I, I mean, not to mention that they do they do readdress the fact that they, you know, that, you know, B.D. Wong's whole monologue about we're not mad scientists, we were doing what you asked us to do, is a reflection of what is said earlier in the movie about creating attractions. Because otherwise, people won't come to the park in the, in the numbers that they need. I get all that. My again, my frustration kind of stems from it's thrown in there almost not completely willy-nilly, but it seems it felt like okay, every we need a brief scene of dialogue to kind of ground the audience every 40 minutes. And it's in they plugged it into a mathematical formula and then inserted it as such. 
All right, so is your argument that there wasn't enough timeouts in the action? Is that essentially what you're saying, that they, they overloaded it on action and there wasn't enough time for the audience to catch their breath? Yes, basically. Okay, fuck you, Fury Road. <laughs> I would completely disagree with that. I think there's plenty of times in that movie for the audience well, to slow down and catch their breath. I rest my case. But I'm aware of what you, your father, your wife, your children, and your second cousins think about it, and I don't want to rehash that argument. But I mean, we already... how can people? How can people be? No, wait a minute. How can people be so in love with Fury Road, which was literally an hour of action with no break? Okay, there was there was an hour of just the car chase before they took a break. And, you know, and let and let the audience breathe. But this movie, which does take pauses and does allow you to breathe, they're like, oh my god, it's wearing me out. It's exhausting. I, 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 don't, I don't feel it's exhausting. I feel it's thoughtless. I okay. And I, I agree, we will agree to disagree. I thought there was plenty of time taken to consider uh, some of the some of the philosophy behind the movie. It felt like they sprinkled it in because Jurassic Park is supposed to have some of those overarching philosophical issues, but they Wait, now you're arguing that now you're arguing that the that the, that the thoughtful scenes were hollow on top of on top of everything. First, there's not enough of them. Now they're hollow. They're not hollow. They're piecemeal. Okay. Can we please talk about about raptors being trained for uh, for army detail and then the oh, the monster triple that threat? That is. That, honestly, for everyone listening, the notion of militarizing dinosaurs, of weaponizing them, was, I thought, the single dumbest thing put forward in this movie. It's so cool. I I want to train raptors to mow my lawn. Yeah, because they wouldn't eviscerate you at the first possible option. (laughs) Not if you train them right. The point of this is you can't. The no, Chris, no. Chris Pratt was the alpha, right? He was the alpha until the, the until the crazy raptor cuttlefish monster became the alpha. Get it? And they yeah? still probably would have killed him given the appropriate set of circumstances. At the end, him and Blue have a moment. Oh, God. That almost... <laughs> Look, I, I can appreciate I can appreciate what? him being present for their birth and try and asserting himself and doing I can appreciate the efforts they took to make him asserting himself within the pack dynamic believable. Until the very end when the raptor was like, Oh look, more food possibly and Chris Pratt just kinda of shakes his head and the ra- Oh darn. This giant soft, fleshy thing that tastes delicious told me not to eat it. Well, boy, I'd better not. My counter-argument to you, um, the people that train the tiger in the circus. Because that worked out so well for Siegfried. It didn't... It took years, and that tiger was probably pissed. But it was... <laughs> but, but that's after years, okay? This wasn't like, you know, a brand-new tiger in a brand-new act. They had that... Siegfried and Roy had that tiger for, like, decades. And I think the, the tiger had been reading material that it shouldn't have had. This is why you don't teach slaves to read. And, you know, and, and it mounted a counterattack. They must keep this from the serfs, lest they gain literacy and threaten the landed gentry. 
Yes, that's what I'm saying. The tiger. Someone taught the tiger to read. It, you know, it, it gave, they gave the tiger, you know, some uh, some literature from around the Revolutionary War, and and then it turned on its masters, as you do. But uh, I, but the, but, but the look, there are animals. <laughs> there are animals can, that can be domesticated, and there are animals that cannot, and dinosaurs cannot. How do you know that, sir? What dinosaurs have you worked with in captivity? How many dinosaur uh, farms have you worked on? I can't say that I have. Want to know why? Because dinosaurs aren't really alive! Because it's today's current story. ecosystem couldn't actually support them. My point I, is... I mean, even if you could them. bring dinosaurs back... We can teach monkeys to disarm minds. We can teach dolphins to go after torpedoes. Why can't we, in that same world, in that same magical world where we're creating monsters through genetics... Why can't we? Why can't we teach raptors to uh, to attack Russians? Because you, they don't differentiate. You can let rap. If you wanted to have a bunch of starving raptors, drop them into a populated area that's peopled entirely by your enemies. I'm actually okay. Raptor bomb. Well, that how do you think sense. we got Saddam? Wait a sec. How do you think we got Saddam Hussein? They used raptors. They sent they the raptors. They sent raptors. you know. They sent Raptor Team Six in, and they found him in the spider hole. They did not use raptors, and that is not how that happened. Close to how that happened. <laughs> I thought the raptor thing was great, and I thought that I thought visually the scene of Chris Pratt riding his motorcycle, you know, amongst a pack of raptors was fantastic. I was so torn on that scene. I wanted to hate it. I really did, but I couldn't. It, you are you are no fun. Robert Cooper is fun time. Robert Cooper, you are no fun at all. Robert Winfrey, I am very not, well aware of that. How <laughs> do you not see a man on a motorcycle running with a pack of Raptors and not have a giant heart on that goes right up your nose? Uh, <laughs> okay. Actually, because I was being bombarded with CGI, that just continued oh, to aggravate me. But this old, that this old Hang on. I understand why, all right? You, there are no raptors. You can't build machines that mimic raptors moving. I'm not an idiot, all right? I understand. You want to do that scene, that's how you have to do it. Fine. It's a cool vision. In the world of Warcraft, you can ride a raptor. You, you know, if, you're a, uh, if you're a hunter, you can, actually, you, you can ride a raptor around. Yeah, world of Warcraft features seven or eight different races, giant dragons, extra... Do we really want to compare... Reality just, to World of Warcraft. I'm just saying, in World of Warcraft, you can tame a raptor. Why can't you tame a raptor in Jurassic Park? Well, if this was World of Warcraft, the movie, I wouldn't care that they were training raptors because you did it with a yes, magic you would. stick. Yes, you would. You'd be arguing that the raptors somehow, you know, are untamable, but the tiger is okay. No, World of the War. That whole world is its own entity, completely independent from ours. <laughs> So yeah, so so the taming the raptors, and look, and, the, and it was going according to plan. The raptors were doing as they were told until they ran into uh, the Indominus Rex, who, spoiler alert, as until it turns they, out, was our raptor. Until they ran into something bigger. Yeah, which and is I love the big... communication. One of my favorite scenes, though, I mean, that whole sequence from soup to nuts, from the time they got out of the the, the horsey gate. <laughs> to, to you know, running through the jungle to when they get to the Indominus Rex 
and then they and then they have this maneuver here. Okay. <laughs> At one point they turn around. It's like, oh no, the Raptors have turned on us. It was great, Robert. How do you, how do you, as a moviegoer, not laugh your ass off at that and go, "Yay, Raptors!" and throw popcorn in the air? Uh, I don't know. I am a miserable human being with no sense of humor. I guess. Hang on, because even if your your argument is it's impossible to tame the Raptors, you should have been cheering at that point. It turned on its horrible masters. It turned yes, on the people was- that were trying to militarize them. What is the and, line from Star Trek? And uh, everyone and their it, dog should have seen it coming. What What is the line from Star Trek for the the, the dipshit stuff? Uh, like you know, you're not trying to ch- ch- get whales to, to go to, to turn off bombs or something like that, or any dipshit stuff like that. And he says to her, "No, no, ma'am, no dipshit." Uh, uh, something like that. I don't remember. <laughs> It's been too long since I've seen that movie to remember all of the minutiae of it. We talked about it earlier this year. You can look up the uh, discussion of Star Trek 2, 3, and 4 on the Rattledge Broadcasting Network, our Long Road to Ruin Spock Trilogy episode from uh, the beginning of 2015. In the archives now on the Rattledge Broadcasting Network. That was seamless. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, all right, I, again, I... Threat. Triple threat. Triple threat. Yes, we have to touch on the... Uh, I, I don't know. The horribly awesome, awesomely horrible, over-the-top finale wherein the T-Rex fights the Indominus Rex and is about to lose, but then the last surviving raptor comes down and makes a run-in for the save, and we get a spontaneous triple threat match. I wanted Teddy Long's voice to come over that. <laughs> Tag team! With the Undertaker, player, <laughs> and it, and then there's still the, and then there's still the screwy finish because the Mosasaur comes in for the DQ. Yeah, that was kind of the chair shot, you know. I I loved it. I thought it. Was, listen, you're you're talking about a world where they bring dinosaurs to life. And they even say, you know, that they can't do it completely, so they have to use genetics from other animals, and kind of makes the it kind of makes the dinosaurs a little weird. You know, you're talking about a world where they create an entire theme park full of monsters, most of which are harmless, but a few of them go a little crazy. And in that world, watching the monsters all fight one another was great. This is what I wanted Godzilla to be from last year. You know, Godzilla versus the two robot spiders. I, I, I wanted to see monsters fight one another. This is why I loved Pacific Rim and why it's one of my favorite movies. I just want to see giant stuff hit one another. And this, these people reached into my brain and said, yeah, here it is on screen. I could have sat in that movie theater completely pantsless, okay? That's how great that scene was. And then when the Mosasaurus jumps up and bites the thing and brings it to its brainy death, ah, Shakespeare, I tell you. It's the Death that, Star being blown up. That's how great it was. Well, that wasn't that great, but... <laughs> I'm not a Star Wars fan. As a, as so far you, as, yeah. you know... As far as visual, visceral, emotional reactions go, I'm not a Star Wars fan. I can appreciate so, them, I can enjoy them, but I'm not a fan in the traditional sense. Okay, so... Okay, Killjoy. So what was your problem with the Monster Mash? It was a great uh, job smashing. 
Yeah, so I've been told. You know, I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, this whole movie is... Again, I feel a large swaths of it are just deeply superficial without emotional depth. So having the big CGI monster fest at the end is fine. You know, it was a suitably cheesy way, and I don't mean cheesy in the negative sense. I mean, this is the kind of cheese you want slathered all over your potato. You have the perfect amount of cheese, the perfect amount of, well, sure, we'll get the monsters to fight each other. And that's as the finale to it, and the uh, the unnatural is finally defeated by the natural. Humans leave the island, and the T-Rex reigns supreme again. I'm, Hooray! I'm okay with that, sure. Uh, again, my issue, my issue with... I have to talk about the CGI in this movie over the last few minutes here. Not because it... This is not bad in the sense that it took me out of the movie. This is bad in the sense that it felt lazy. I mean, there are sequences... Hang on. There are sequences in this movie where you must have CGI. Again, there's plenty of running from the dinosaurs and dinosaurs fighting, and you must have CGI for that. But it's... At no point during any of the, you know, smaller interactions between Chris Pratt and the raptors did they think, hey, maybe we should actually, you know, build a raptor for him to interact with. Because I, I mean, I guess I see your point, but I, 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 one, I'm not the CGI snob you are. Number two, I didn't see, I didn't see the, uh, what it was, Congo level of CGI that would, or a Phantom Menace level of CGI that would have taken me out of the movie. It looked fine. There was no, there was no point in the movie where I was like, that looks fake. I, I, it, there was nothing that took me out of the movie. Can I, let me say this. I'm sure. sitting here like defending the movie, and I, when it was over, I was like, that was fun. I had the same reaction to Jurassic World that I have when I get off a roller coaster. It's, it was fun while it lasted, it's over now, and that's it. This is not a movie that I, you know, that I'm like, oh my god, I got to show my kids. You know, this is oh, this is one of my, this is one of my favorite movies ever. It was, it was a two-hour roller coaster, and then it was done. You know, I think you and I talked before the show started about my what I would compare it to. I said I compared it to the first Avengers movie, which again, much like Fury Road, somehow or other, everyone seems to think is awesome. Um, that was another example of for two hours I got taken on and I, I got taken on this roller coaster ride, but that's kind of all it was. You know, where Avengers Two was a thoughtful movie and everyone hated it. So, um, you know, I just. But unlike like say like like Fury Road, at least it, there was to me differentiation in what I was looking at, and it wasn't two hours of the same damn thing over and over and over again in my opinion. So, so don't get me wrong. I'm in no way saying Jurassic World was a fucking masterpiece. I'm saying it was a fun roller coaster ride type movie, and that's really all there is to it. Um, it I don't think it holds up as well as the first one, but it meets my need to see Pandelirium and nonsense. 
which, you know, for a two-hour summer blockbuster is all I really want. Uh, I can't really argue with it. I mean, again, I came out of that movie, I was... I'm kind of like you. I'm like, all right, that's fine. You know, I, I don't really have a desire <laughs> to see it again. That was one of them. Yeah, I've seen plenty of movies. I've seen plenty of movies with dinosaurs, and that just happened to be one of them. I I, I don't know. I just... I suppose my part of my issue is when you attach yourself to a franchise, you are then uh, assuming a, a level of expectation that comes with it. And while well, this movie I managed... That with Hollywood, I have no expectations. <laughs> just to... Just enjoy the ride and hope it doesn't hurt too much. Well, and this one didn't hurt as much as, say, Jurassic Park 3, so there is that. Oh, God, well, Jurassic Park 3 is like, a, you know, it's like shooting heroin. Ugh. It's, it's like shooting not, heroin without feeling good. It's not that bad. That would be Zoolander. <laughs> okay. We got a minute and thirty seconds here. So anything? I mean, look, I would give this movie a solid A minus. You know, it was a fun time at the theater. Uh, I, 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 from a craft point of view, I actually thought the movie was well done. From a characterization point of view, it was just enough for me not to be annoyed. Uh, and there was plenty of action sequences and fun stuff for me to uh, to, to enjoy the movie without, you know without really criticizing it. Uh, what, what would you say? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't like doing ratings like that. It's Because I feel if I'm going to have to rate something like that, it has to be an arbitrary scale. And okay. not everything where would you... falls onto an arbitrary okay. scale. So Things fall would... within scales with, you know, with what they attempt okay. so to where do. Would you, where would you put it in terms of the movies we've seen so far? Because I think right now the worst movie we've seen is... Um, and you know, worse being a relative word here is uh, Tomorrowland. And the best movie, I think we we both agreed. Um, you know, the 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 the, 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 the four best, you know, in whatever order you want to put them in: Fast and the Furious, Cinderella, Avengers, Fury Road. So, you know, and you've got you know San Andreas like in the middle there. Um, so where would you uh, where where would you place Jurassic World? It's above Tomorrowland. <laughs> it's not the worst movie we've seen yet. Okay. Better or worse than San Andreas? Eh, probably about the same. That's the same. Okay. That's that's about where I'd rank it. If, again, if we're just you know listing what we've seen so far, it's yeah about that. I liked it more than Fury Road. I disagree with that. I would rather see... I've actually seen Fury Road more than once. I don't feel compelled to see this movie again. You you can't disagree with it. It's my opinion. It, 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 it's, it's a subjective statement. I it thought is. it was better than Fury Road. And I disagree with that. I... It, it, the weird thing about Fury Road is I, I, as much as I enjoyed it, I started talking with people about it, and I enjoyed it more the second time. And this was just... Uh, yeah, again, it's fun. I enjoyed myself for the time I was at Jurassic World, but it's it suffers from the same thing that I think all of these 
superficial, let's just have action sequences goes through, and that is, you know, the dialogue tends to be weak, the characters tend to be flat and underdeveloped. That weak is a bit strong there. The characters, you know, I said flat. Characters are flat and underdeveloped. And, you know, very little of substance actually happens. Things happen, but nothing actually happens. And that's just the state of cinema. Okay. I mean, I, I think we, we, we've kind of shown, uh, we, we, we've had the conversation about that. That's your, I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to re-argue the same points again. Um, next week, next uh, Wednesday, is uh, Inside Out, uh, the Yay. Pixar movie. Uh, apparently, it's one of the best movies of the year, according to critics. So, I, uh, you I, know, Pixar has a virtually flawless record. They have one movie that I think is bad. And everything else Cars is at least... Yes. Yeah, Cars 2 is just a blatantly bad cash grab. So uh, we'll be doing Inside Out next week. Um, I'm, bringing, I'm bringing my daughter to that on Saturday. We already have tickets. Uh, I'll be curious to see what her opinion of it is. I may, have her, I may bring her on momentarily. Uh, just so she can shout obscenities into the computer. No, um, I may bring her on briefly, just to get what get her opinions of it. Uh, it'll probably be something like, "But Daddy, I'm a ballerina," and then she'll spin out of the room. That's what she does. That, that sounds you know? about right. Yeah. All right. What else you got going on in your world, Mr. Robert? Well, seeing as I am guaranteed. Personally speaking, not to have to watch the abomination that is Kimbo Slice and Ken Shamrock this Friday. La- Gary hasn't. Gary, Larry hasn't asked you to cover it. I have not been asked to, and you were kind enough to volunteer to cover the main card if he does want coverage. So, nuts if to he that don't card. Me. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. Don't volunteer me. If he asks you, say, uh, um, that you're that you're taking a holiday but Mark would be happy to step in for the television I coverage. will not message him out of the blue and say Mark is going to cover Bellator on Friday, I promise. If you do, I will renege. <laughs> I'm aware of that. Okay. And no, you, oh, well, no, you won't. Happened. You know you won't. You'll get to watch Ken Shamrock and Kimbo Slice. And hey, Bobby Lashley's on that card just to further kick me in the nuts. But, you know, now that you mention it, I'm now realizing that um, – oh, wait, when is the – the Ring of Honor pay-per-view is Sunday? I have no idea. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. I'll have, to, I'll have to check. I thought it was – for some reason, I thought it was Friday, but I'm, but I'm thinking that doesn't make any sense. Wrestling pay-per-views are always on Sunday. They might go Saturday. Ring of Honor has been known to do that, but I really doubt it's Friday. But anyway, since I don't have to cover that, that was the only thing that might have prevented me from doing uh, Everyone Loves a Bad Guy on Friday. I don't have to do that, and I I don't get paid enough to cover Kimbo Slice and Ken Shamrock. I just don't. You're, you're being silly. Funny. Okay, yes, Best I in am. the World 2015 Battle of the Belts is actually June 19th, which is Friday. Oh. Okay, don't care. It's Jay Briscoe and Jay Lethal. I mean, have, how far has Ring of Honor sunk? I've watched it, but now I'm going to be watching Kimbo Slice versus Ken Shamrock. Well, maybe you'll get to flip back and forth between them. Well, I'm not paying for a pay-per-view that I'm not going to watch. Yeah, and you, you pay for pay-per-view. That's cute. Yes, it's called not stealing. I'm not a thief. I just 
Uh, I find other ways. Let me well, you're, you're not a thief. You're borrowing indefinitely your Homer Simpson and the world is your Ned Flanders? Absolutely not. I just don't spend 60 bucks on a pay-per-view. Uh-huh. Get him, Dana fine. White. You heard I him. Have, I have friends I'll split costs with. I have been known to find, you know, restaurants with Wi-Fi connections that I can go hang out in and watch. I, I just feel no desire to actually spend money on anything. I hate spending money. So spending I, now money have this of, I now have this image of you going to the Buffalo Wild Wings near your house, but like you're wearing, but you're like you're, you're wearing like a, you know, like a, Melissa, get him. Oh, and let's all hope DCFS isn't listening to this. Okay. All right, let's let's wrap this up. Okay, so anyway, everyone loves a bad guy. We'll be on on Friday. I'm probably going to do something related to monsters or dinosaurs, seeing as we have Jurassic World, and I'm all about synergy because I'm ordered to be all about synergy. So tune Sorry in for that. that. I'll I'll see about uh, you know. So I'll see about if anyone's going to be free to come on and talk them with me. If not, I you know throw open the phone lines. I'll yak for 60 minutes. We'll all move on with our lives. I have to tell you what just happened. Okay, go ahead. So my son mounts my my sleeping daughter. <laughs> She's sleeping on the couch. He just mounts her, like like gets, like, crawls up on her chest and like hugs her head. He's like, "Ah, oh, look at me!" And they both proceed to then slide off the couch. So he falls back and head first. She falls on top of him out of out of a deep sleep, mind you. <laughs> And I couldn't get to them in time, which is why you hear me yell, hey, Melissa, get them. And again, we hope the Department of Child Protective Services doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, we hope. He's fine. He's fine. He landed on his head. (laughs) That would have lasting consequences. Uh, Uh, So anyway, that on Friday. uh, This Saturday, I have live coverage of UFC Fight Night 69, Yindyashek versus Penne. Exclusive to Fight Pass, so stop by 411 Mania. Say hi. I'll be providing coverage of that event live from Berlin, Germany. So, you know, Dennis Seaver and Peter Sabata are fighting. Yeah. Yeah. It's an international Fight Night card. What do you want? Adjust your expectations accordingly, people. I'm running. I'm rushing home after Melissa, after Lily, and I go see Inside Out to uh, to see the uh, Fight Night Berlin. I'm very excited. Really? What are you excited about for this card? The main event. Okay. Watching Joanna beat the crap out of other women is always fun. Yeah. Okay. And I'm relatively sure after this fight, uh, Dana White will anoint her the new Saint Iceman. <laughs> Because he likes uh, to tomorrow night. I verbalize like that. You got Jack Ryan tomorrow, tomorrow night, night, don't you? The good one. Yeah, we, we uh, no, we uh, we had to put that off. Sean's been really busy lately, so we uh, we had to put off our the, our orange is the new black review. We had to put that off until uh, next weekish, um, and then we had to also the the first episode of the Jack Ryan Laura Room was delayed until tomorrow. So. To, Tomorrow night we'll be talking uh, the Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, and Clear and Present Danger, and then two weeks ish someday. Not really sure because the schedule's all screwed up now. <laughs> I have to go back and redo it. 
Uh, but, you know, in a couple of weeks, you'll be talking about Ben Affleck and Chris Pine and those movies, which kind of suck. Yeah, eventually we'll get to it. This is this is really the only show I'm doing right now that stays consistently on schedule. Hey, my show stays pretty much on schedule. I wound up missing last week because I was a bit under the weather and still deeply depressed after we lost Christopher Lee and Dusty Rhodes on the same, well, the announcement on the same freaking day. But Yep. All right. So... Uh, take yeah, this home, and I'm going to hit the uh, I'm going to hit the outro music. All right, everyone. Remember, you know, this is a fun, entertaining movie. If you want, and it's act- it's completely safe for all of your kids to go see. So go see Jurassic World if you haven't. You'll probably enjoy it. I can't recommend seeing it more than once, but it's your preference. Your mileage will vary. For Mark Radulich, I'm Robert Winfrey, reminding you all we'll be back next week for Pixar, and we'll discuss how, again, they're so effective at making grown men cry in public places, because they're darn good at it. And until then, be well, be safe, and behave.